Hello, this is Examiner Radio, the weekly radio show and podcast that covers news, politics, and all things Halifax. I'm Tim Bousquet, editor of the Halifax Examiner, which is available online at halifaxexaminer.ca. And I'm speaking with Russell Gregg over the phone. Hey, Russ. Hey, Tim. How are things out in Halifax? Oh, it's it's nice and warm here. Uh, nothing uh, unusual going on, just slogging away as, as usual. How are you? Uh, good. I'm on. I'm I'm actually taking a vacation here in uh, here in Toronto. So uh, the little one and I are just uh, having a week of rest and relaxation. Feels great. Well, good, good. I appreciate you coming in to do this, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is episode number 120, 120 of Examiner Radio. And as always, you can listen to the show on CKDU. 88.1 FM radio in Halifax on Fridays at 4.30 or via their website at www.ckdu.ca. And you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other place you find podcasts and have each new episode automatically delivered to your device of choice. Just search for Halifax Examiner in that platform search engine and it's going to be your first result. When you're there, please take a moment to rate and review the show because it gives uh, an opportunity for new listeners to find it. Today, we're going to speak with three women, Chief Grizzly Mama, Rebecca Moore, and Trish McIntyre, who are uh, three women who have been involved in the indigenous movement to remove the statue in downtown Halifax that commemorates Edward Cornwallis. My discussion with those three women is lengthy, so um, let's just skip all our usual week in review stuff and jump right to that, if that works for you. That works just fine for me. And just a quick note, the, there is a protest that you'll be speaking about, which is scheduled to take place uh, this Saturday, July 15th, at Cornwallis Park in Halifax. Going on simultaneously, uh, and I'll be out for, for this one, is uh, in Toronto at Nathan Phillips Square downtown, that's Toronto City Hall, is going to be a rally in support of the Halifax Five, a.k.a. the Proud Boys that uh, showed up and disrupted oh, the uh, Indigenous ceremony on uh, Canada Day. So I'm going to be out covering that for um, for Canada Land, and uh, you know, if there's some uh, interesting tape, we'll, uh, we'll air it next week on, on Examiner Radio. Uh, but listen, without further ado... Let's delve into these interviews, and we'll be back in just a little bit. You're listening to Examiner Radio. Joined in the studio by three folks. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, gr- let's start with you, Grizzly Mama. 
I'm Chief Grizzly Mama from the Wolf Clan Kitsan Territory. And what brings you to Nova Scotia? It's a long story. It's personal, and I'm mostly here right now for the river. Okay. And so you've been active up at the uh, the Alton Gas Site on the Shubadakne River. Yes. Okay. And people will know you for um, you cut your hair. Yes. Can you tell us about that? I was on Highway of Tears in British Columbia. I left home when I was 12 years old, and also I'm a residential school survivor. And I seen a lot of violence and a lot of genocide in my family, and it's seeping into my children, and I'm, I'm trying to fight that cycle so it'll be removed from our people. And this was an event on uh, July 1st, which is referred to as Canada Day. Yes. And you were um, at the, uh, I'm using scare quotes here, Cornwallis Park. Yes. Uh, and this was a, I wasn't there, uh, but I'm told it was a, um, a heartfelt ceremony. Uh, and you were making a point of cutting your hair in recognition. Well, tell us why exactly why you were doing that. In our territory, when we shave our head, we shave it for the people, the people that we love and care for. And I lost my daughter through on Highway of Tears. I lost my son in kidnapping from the Ontario Family Services. Um, I have an elder that's dying of oppression, another one dying of cancer, and and myself, I think of suicide all the time, and and I wanted to know why is all my people suffering this way, the way I'm feeling, and the way I looked at it is when I got to Cornwallis, and I seen what he did to the Mi'kma'ki, and my husband's a Mi'kma'ki, and um, that bounty is still on the people, and that genocide's still around. Ever since I t- shaved my head, a lot of media had made me look like I'm a criminal. I'm not a criminal. I just did a ceremony, uh-huh. and the ceremony is to finally let go of all the hurts and pains that's happening to my people. And since my elders couldn't do anything for themselves, I thought I'd do it for my people. Okay. And maybe this is a good time to bring Rebecca in. Rebecca, who are you? Hi, um, my name is Rebecca Moore. I'm uh, from Halifax. I'm a member of Pictou Landing First Nation. And you were at the uh, July 1st ceremony. Yeah, um, I organized that for uh, Chief Grizzly Mama. She asked me to, and uh, she asked me to also uh, shave her head. (laughs) And um, I guess attention was taken off this the point of this ceremony uh, oh yeah uh-huh. um not only was attention like just taken off of it but it was also interrupted the ceremony itself i mean i noticed but like grizzly mama was in her prayer zone and thank goodness um she wasn't disturbed because of the efforts of uh our allies that we had there uh-huh. and um but so because grizzly mama was yeah praying and very much in her zone there thankfully she didn't notice but i 
definitely noticed. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I don't want to talk about that. We've had enough discussion in this town over all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm here to talk about to talk with you folks and and to understand uh what's going on now now uh trish who are you how you doing um my name is trish and um i'm just here with uh my sisters and uh we're standing side by side and it's a consistent thing that we're doing and uh I don't know. I'm here because I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. We've been standing at the Shubenacadie River, um, not just against salt and gas, but uh, many things. And I didn't actually get into the city for Grizzly Mama's ceremony with uh, these guys. And because um, actually I wasn't sleeping very much. So I come back to the city. And, but had I got up and got over to the city, I would have definitely been there for that. Um, you know, I'm here to support and uh yeah, I think you you know me a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, a, a two heady weeks since then. And um, before we get into what's going on now, uh, I'm going to tell you what I have experienced as someone who sits in city hall watching the politicians talk every week. And I uh, uh, saw, uh, frankly, disgraceful uh, behavior. Um, about not acknowledging uh, reconciliation or indigenous viewpoints and uh, some horrible things were said uh, and um, still are being said in, even today as we, we talk, which I'll tell you about later. But um, there was a glimmer of hope, I guess, among the politicians when Councillor Sean Cleary said, we need to revisit this Cornwallis statue issue and the naming issue. And council was sort of somewhat dragged somewhat pushed somewhat convinced to you know unanimously adopt this procedure for establishing a committee of experts and you know who would discuss this issue and and i my personal view is that there needs to be some big conversations around these issues so i i saw this as a um as a good thing uh but now I'm, I'm hearing from, uh, well, from you, Rebecca, that uh, um, you know this this isn't enough for you. Yeah, because if they were doing effective work and consulting with the right members of uh, the Mi'kmaq community. Why would there be this uprise? You know, why we obviously don't feel very consoled and. Um, and the city, like, there have been people who have made it their life's work, like Danny Paul and, um, you know, a lot of others who have been uh, working on this issue longer than I've been alive. And if if they, if the city had done effective work, like, that statue wouldn't be standing there today. That uh-huh. statue would already be gone. Um, that statue wouldn't have been there. And it's the center of this conflict. And Grizzly Mama's mourning ceremony would not have been interrupted and all this conflict would have been avoided if they had already taken care of that issue in a timely manner. Like, the fact that it's still there is disgraceful to me anyways. Yeah. Well, and it's been, what, 80, 90 years, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a, um, a, a rather public announcement that uh, if the statue does not come down, um, it will be removed on Saturday. Can you, what can you tell us about that, anyone? 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, come on. It was a, it was a Facebook event that's open to the public, so. <laughs> well, there is an event planned for the removal of Cornwallis on July 15th, and that is a response to, um, you know, July 1st, events and that is um an action call from you know Mi'kmaq elders and it's really also sort of it's like uh it's in response to you know the rise of of white supremacy that we're seeing in the city and and if you look in the actually comments you'll see the true reflection of that as well you know and Um, as many people that are in there commenting, we know there's a lot of ones in there trolling with the racist remarks. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's really disturbing, but um, there's a lot of people, as you can see, are, are down as attending. There's a lot of people that are supporting. Uh, the ones that are actively in there commenting the negative things mm-hmm. are exactly the reason why the statue shouldn't right. be there. You know. Yeah, and people are arguing, you know, oh, we don't want to remove history and blah, blah, blah. We're not trying to remove history. We're trying to unearth it. And, like, it's not even an accurate depiction of history, exactly. you know, where he is celebrated. He's not a man to be celebrated. And all this is what happens when you celebrate mm-hmm. such a controversial character, a man mm-hmm. who committed genocide against um, the indigenous people of this land. And Not even here either. Like, like you know, the, yeah. the Scots and, like, a lot of yeah. people. He was just terrible all around. And there's, I th- there's nothing I think to celebrate. I think— Indigenous folks raising this issue have done more for public education around history mm-hmm. than 200 years of textbooks have, right? Definitely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. And we do it without a budget. We do it with our hearts. One thing that uh, struck me as we were walking over here, Rebecca, was um, you uh, have – I don't want to put words into your mouth. Um, you express what I, what I understood to be distrust or, or um disfavor with with sort of the established indigenous chiefs and and uh you know the the uh, council chiefs and so forth can you can you speak to that a bit yeah um because when the mayor released his statements they said well i heard some things from city council and the mayor they said number one um that no Mi'kmaq elders support this action of the removal of Cornwallis that's not true a ton of Mi'kmaq elders it came this action came from Mi'kmaq elders so they don't know what they're talking about number two of course they the Mi'kmaq chiefs like uh the Mi'kmaq chiefs like of the assembly of whatever um government funded yeah the government chiefs would not condone it. Of course they wouldn't, because where does their funding come from? They will never speak out against the government. And also, these are the same chiefs that try to sell our rights, assign our rights away on the daily. You know, they don't support us, and we don't support them. And also, like, the Mi'kmaq Native Friendship Center, that's also a controversial place, because, like, a lot of the urban Aboriginal community don't even feel welcome within the Mi'kmaq Native Friendship Center. So, Why is that? Because of a lot of reasons, because of the nepotism that goes on within um, the organization where, you know, the Globe family always hires their own family members for one. There's a lot of non-Indigenous people that work there. There's a lot of non-Mi'kmaq people that work there. And it's just not an accurate reflection of the greater urban Aboriginal community. The grassroots is always where it's at. And that's what I told the mayor to his face today. I said, if you want an accurate depiction of what's going on in the in the Aboriginal community, you have to go to the grassroots people and find out. And then I was like, we're not connected to any organizations or any government 
And then his little staff person was like, well, where do we find you? <laughs> and I said, well, go in the community and find out, you know, like yeah. that's your job. If you want to properly consult with us, you have to go and you have to spend time with us and you have to figure that out. Like, I, I, I find this, um, you're right, it's not new energy, but I guess the level of uh, um, kind of spontaneous uh, organization, you don't have any money. And a bunch of people are coming to town, right? Mm-hmm. And how is, how is that happening? Um, through networking, through online networking. Um, like I said, grassroots people. We know who each other are, and we have we have a great network of allies, and and uh, we've been working. We're always resisting. Like we're mm-hmm. always working together, and it's like not hard. Like we always we know who each other are. Gr- Grizzly Mama, you were about to put. Yes. Yeah. Just what Rebecca was saying, like anything happens back home, we don't depend on the federal government or provincial government or people that are funded by the government. We work through the people, the grassroots people. And when we when something that's going down like this, we put all our differences aside. And we say, all right, let's find a solution. Let's see what the results will be. How can we deal with it? So we do ceremonies. And then the way that Stephen McNeil and Mike Savage made it sound like we're criminals ready to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For myself, I'm a chief. And then they, they question my hereditary chief name. That's part of genocide. Just this past two weeks, how much has the media had damaged my people and my name? And then saying the Friendship Center has no no acknowledge of me. Of course not. I wouldn't be working with people that are stabbing us in the back. So you're reluctant to talk about it, which is fine, uh, but what can you tell us about what will happen on Saturday? Uh, the, the Ceremony. Well, Ceremony. I have a few. It will definitely be around ceremony, centered around ceremony for sure. So, um, and also, like, one thing that I want to say about uh, the Friendship Center and them speaking on this. Why are they speaking on this? Aren't they supposed to be nonpolitical? Aren't they supposed to be nonpartisan as an NGO, non government organization? They have no place to speak on this and to represent us, really. Like, what are they doing? And me, I'm direct descendant of Jean Baptiste Cope, who signed the Treaty of 1752, who's consulted with me. I'm a well known community member as well. Like, they all know who I am. I've been working in the community heavy for the last decade nobody's consulted with me and um and that right there is a prime example of why they're not an accurate representation of the community so the event is called for saturday uh, noon to three mm-hmm. you've told me that many people are coming from out of town to to uh yep. and um I don't know what your plans are, um, and you don't have to tell me. That's a Facebook event. Keep that in mind. That's a Facebook event. Facebook isn't real life. Facebook, yeah, yeah. and and all that is doing is bringing to light a huge yeah. amount of this stuff and the like, the stuff that goes on in the city, the stuff that goes on everywhere around the world, you know. Yeah. And it's bringing to light a lot of the darkness that exists. But um, I mean, that that's all it is. It's a Facebook event. Yeah, yeah. you know that doesn't I, that doesn't mean like. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's it's just a true representation of what's going on. But everybody in that event is not going to be fully aware of everything that's going on. You know what I mean? Because not sure. all of them are aware of even what the Cornwallis statue 
you know, stands for, how it got there, who he was, what mm. he did before he got here, that he wasn't born here, he didn't die here, you know, yeah. that he's, you yeah. know, there's there's a lot of things. But like I said, that's a Facebook event. So a lot of people are in there like, oh, what about this? And what about this? How are you going to do this? It's, you know what? This is a Facebook event. There's enough information there. You either show up and you support the people or you don't. It's as simple as that. Yeah, because it's really easy to sit behind a keyboard and, you know, say all kinds of things. I don't even look at the Facebook event page because it's just a snake pit. I don't go there. I don't read it. But, you know, the turnout will speak for itself. And then you will see who the real leaders of the community are and who really speaks for the people. And that's the grassroots women who organize this. Like, we're all involved. And... Yeah, it's grassroots is always where it's at. If you want to know what's really going on with indigenous communities anywhere in the world, you go to their grassroots people. You go to the people who are active resistors, who really know what's up. It's not the chiefs who are who are paid by the government. It's not these NGOs who can't say this and can't say that because they're afraid of losing their funding. It's always the grassroots people that have the clear idea and know what's really going on. And that's who's organizing this, and that's who's standing up. And you will see on Saturday by the turnout who the real who really represents Mi'kma'ki and that's the grassroots people we're recording on uh, Thursday afternoon and um, the three of you just came from Grand Parade can you tell me about that <laughs> <laughs> well we just went because we heard the mayor was having a picnic and we went to go talk to him about some things about this issue about mm-hmm. some things that he said in the media already Yeah, and uh, also to just share with him the same thing that I just said, the same thing that, you know, of course the chiefs don't condone it and don't support us, and we don't support them because they're the same people that are trying to sell our rights away on the daily, and we're always, we're always fighting with the chiefs about that, and... um, and I also explained to him why the Friendship Center isn't the best place. And I also explained to him if he if they were doing a great job consulting with the right community members and if they were doing effective work, why would there be this uprise right now against that statue, you know? Yeah. He, he also said today that uh, he wasn't aware that Steve McNeil wanted the statue down, that he said that back in 2015. Um, Savage. Mike, Mike Savage said yeah, that he wasn't he, actually, aware that's, that's that's He actually said, video, no, he didn't. So he said, <laughs> yeah. he didn't say that. So, and, you know, he was too busy to actually acknowledge the uh, serious conversation and issues that we had. I'm supportive of taking the statue down. Um, I wonder, though, if, you know, this focus on the statue is diverting our attention from other issues around indigenous reconciliation and and moving forward on that front. I think it's a true representation of exactly what you just said. The fact that the statue's there, the fact that the conversation is going the way it is, the Facebook vent is that way, the interaction we had with Savage today, as well as his chief of staff or what have you, um, I think it's a true representation of exactly that, where, where everything stands, reconciliation and what have you. I think it's a true representation because that's exactly... That's exactly why the statue, you know, shouldn't be there. I don't feel reconciled. No, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I don't feel reconciled, and I'm a residential school survivor. So is my grandmother. And so is a lot of my brothers and sisters. And the only damage that they're doing to us is continuing the history over and over again. My whole life is a repeat of the history that Cornwallis had brought over to the people. Started with the Mi'kma'ki, worked its way right across Canada to British Columbia. Why is it affecting me? Why is there suicide in my family that my children I raised to be 
no abuse around them and they're suicidal. Why is all these elders stuck on pharmaceutical and slowly dying, getting beat up for their medicine and murdered for their medicine? Why is all this sexual abuse that's going on across Canada murdering indigenous women? And why is all this abuse to the elders that, that where we're supposed to respect our elders and honor our elders? I went to the Friendship Center three times because an elder was getting beat up. What did they do? Don't go back to Spryfield. I went to the RCMP with the same thing. Don't go back to Spryfield. I went to the Child Development Center. All they told me is don't go back there. The RCMP went to the elders and see what was going on. Because the RCM went there, they got beat up again. Nothing's done for them. Nothing's done for the people. Nothing's done for the youth. Nothing's done for the children. That's my future. I, I sat through, it's, it's been several years now, but when the Truth and Reconciliation hearings were held here in Halifax, I sat through, you know, all three days of it. And, and so did I. And, and it was very moving. And um, I felt that uh, the the people telling their stories were becoming self-empowered um, and and I was hopeful that things would would head in a good di- direction and I, I'm seeing indigenous uh, youth if I can say that um, especially really asserting themselves now the problem doesn't seem to be on your side of the equation the, the problem seems to be you know in that settler population that doesn't want to engage it's always colonial people imposing their colonial view- views and they're going to reconcile with us in their colonial way as long as it it like you know what i mean they don't even meet us on our own terms our own grounds they're going to do it their way not not our way like that's the same with the statue they're going to take down their colonial statue through their colonial systems and we have to wait for it and you know we're going to mm. we're going to take what they give us but this is saturday is our nation asserting themselves and saying no right now you know we gave you more than enough time and uh yeah that's my that's my view of it okay we're running out of time is there anything you want to say to leave us with i want that statue taken down i want it to be replaced with a monument representing um, residential school survivors with all the residential school survivors names on it that went to the shubenacadie residential school which was the main one here in nova scotia and uh that will be a symbol of reconciliation grizzling on let's leave you with the last word i think that um the whole idea of the government system needs to be looked at because how many more youth and brothers and sisters have to die? And the three things that the government runs by, greed, control, destroying the earth, these are the three things that they have in common. Everyone that works funded by the government is greed, control, destroying the earth. When is it going to stop? Let's leave it right there then. I, re- I really appreciate you coming in. I know it was difficult getting here and, and uh, we had a little mix up there. And I, I apologize for that. But uh, I think this has been a fruitful conversation. So so thanks for coming in. I've been speaking with Trish McIntyre, Grizzly Mama. and Chief Rebecca Grizzly Mama. Chief Grizzly Mama and Rebecca Moore. And um, you're listening to Examiner Radio. We'll be back right after this.
That's a wrap for this week's Examiner Radio, the weekly podcast and radio show produced by the Halifax Examiner. I'm Tim Bousquet. And I'm Russell Gregg. As always, we'd love to know what you think. If you have comments on what you've heard or story suggestions for future episodes, please send us an email to podcast at halifaxexaminer.ca. And thanks again to Mark Pinio from the University of King's College for teching this week's episode. We'll see you next week.